Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's it's going good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Welcome, uh, welcome back to the pod, stranger. Yeah, thanks. It's been a while. I know. Well, we were fighting, and you know, I don't like to talk about that stuff on the air, but we're getting along now. We are. Well, you know what it was. Uh, I was tired of the listeners demanding, just just constantly barraging me with with text messages, with you know DMs. You know, hashtag fan favorite. When are you coming back on the podcast? You know, we miss you. Hashtag fan favorite. It's like, okay, all right, all right, enough. We'll schedule a recording with Sydney. Jeez, um, fans for five minutes. Yeah. So Zach uh, no longer listens to the podcast. Um, and so he didn't know that you had declared war on Scott McNulty. And uh, uh-huh. I took a screenshot for Instagram of some recent reviews. And two of the people on the iTunes reviews had hashtagged Team Rob, Rob Love, fan favorite. And Zach was like, what's this? What? Everyone loves Rob? What about me? And I was like, it's not about you, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, Rob and I are the only two recurring guest hosts. And apparently everyone loves Rob more than me. And I was like, first of all, if you even listened to the podcast, you would know that Rob declared war on Scott, who was also a recurring guest. And that's what this is about. So how about you listen to the pod before you get mad? (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah kind of shot himself in the foot right there well no he uh he refused to to apologize or become unmad and he declared himself team scott and i said well that's between you scott and rob so <laughs> such great drama it is there's a lot that's of what i love it's a lot of drama at the House of Pod is what we have named at the house um, now that I live oh, here. The, yeah. The House of Pod. Uh-huh. So, All right. So what's going on with you, Rob? Well, let's see. I'm switching to, switching to a traditional setup here. How do I sound? You sound great. Okay. Thank you. All right. Good. Um, well, you know, I uh, just got back from a big camping trip with the kid. Had a great time. Uh, four day, when we were gone for four days and three nights, um, so that was pretty dope. Did you? Okay, I have a lot of questions. Four days, three nights. Um, do when you go on these camping trips because you're not a driver? Did you bike to the camping location? No. Well, uh, no. Um, it's seventy miles, or no, not. Yeah, it's pretty close to 70 miles from my house, so no. Oh, she has those um, little kid legs. <laughs> yeah, right. So, no. Um, well, this is the second annual father-daughter retreat, and we did the same. We went to the same place last year. Um, I rented, a, like, a passenger vehicle last year. Okay. And it was it was more than we needed. It was, like, this luxury, you know, uh, tw- twin cab giant pickup truck and it cost like 500 bucks for like three days and it just sat and it just sat in the park all i needed was for i needed use of it for about an hour and a half on the first day and about an hour and a half on the second on the third day yeah so it was really really expensive parking lot ornament so a coworker of mine suggested well why don't you just get a u-haul and i was like oh that's a great idea so i looked into it 
and I reserved a U-Haul van uh, a few weeks ago, and it was going to be like, you know, a couple, maybe 300 bucks. That's what it turned out to be. It's around 300 bucks. Okay. So much better. Yeah, that's Less better. Less stylish, mm-hmm. but much better, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's one of those things where if you're not making regular car payments, or, you know, regular car just expenses, you don't mind splurging once a year, you know, for something like that. Like, it's worth it, because if you think about how much, you know, the average person spends on their car over the course of a year, it's way more than 500 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Up until recently, just my car payment and insurance was 650 a month, and then you know, maintenance on top of that, which is about a thousand a year. I was spending a lot of money. Um, I, I have a lot of friends who they don't drive even in Phoenix, which isn't per se a public transit good city, but they just Uber to and from where they need to go if they have to go very far and then they uh, rent a car for vacation and it is cheaper than owning a car. Yeah, they say the average driver spends they they work the last two months of the year just to pay for their car for the year yeah yeah so it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it like that but Mm -hmm. you know whatever for some people it's necessary or whatever but yeah that's how it went so Um, rent the rent the yeah. Oh, so where you're camping, um, how far in the woods are we? And do we have toilets? Are there showers? Or are you full on roughing it? Well, this is um, a primitive campsite, meaning there's no running water. They don't have like, you know, fire pits and stuff like that. It's just basically, you know, like um, tent pads. There's a picnic table. You know, there's two groups of three tent pads, which is just like a, a square area that's kind of graveled that you can, uh, you know, it's level for yeah. putting your tent. And that's and so helpful. There's two, it is helpful for sure. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't even really be a, it wouldn't be a campground if there was if there wasn't a good place to pitch your tent. It would just be you might as well just go in the woods then. Yeah. But yeah, and then for for each cluster of three um, tent pads, there's a picnic table. So you can do, you know, use that as your kitchen, whatever, set up your stove on there or whatever. And that's pretty much in a vault toilet. So there's a, um, it's basically an outhouse that is, um, you know, it's behind closed doors. I actually would, uh, when there was no one else around, I would stash food, the food in the, in the vault toilet, which seems really counterintuitive, but, um, just in case there was like nighttime critters that wanted to raid the the campsite, you know, just to keep the food away from the people. Yeah. Know? Um, cause otherwise don't you like hang it up in a tree or something to keep it. You from can bears? do that. You can do that. That's pretty effective. It has to be, you know, a certain way it has to be up pretty high and, you know, situated in such a way that a bear can't just like climb a, a nearby tree and reach over and grab it or something, you know, but yeah. there's, yeah, there's ways to do that. There's ways to do that. But this was just kind of convenient, easier than, and there was a lot of food. I had a, one of the things I packed, okay, so let me get finished with the, with the, the setup. So you, oh. you drive to this parking lot. It's an old ski resort that's been shut down since like the forties. Um, and 
it is now just sort of a, a state park and running along adjacent to the parking lot is what's called the iron horse trail, which is a trail, a multi-use trail. No motor vehicles are allowed on it, but bicycles, hiking, horses, uh, snowshoers in the wintertime, that sort of thing. And it runs all the way from a town called North Bend pretty much to Idaho. So, like, almost goes across the entire state of Washington, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And along along this trail, um, there are occasional, you know, rustic campsites like that. And so this, is, this one is only a mile and a half. It's the nearest one to the parking lot. It's only a mile and a half. But that's good because it took me five full trips to get all of our camp stuff in on um, the first day and then in, in another five round trips to get all the stuff out on the last day. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of, a lot of biking. I wouldn't be willing to go to the next one, which is like four and a half miles from the parking lot. Oh God, <laughs> unless no. we could pair. Yeah. Unless we could pair it down to like two trips or something, but, but you have to have all your, making, you have to have all your water, all your food, everything. Cause there's nothing, you know, so you're going to have stuff. Right. Yeah. And I like having stuff. And so does a 10 year old girl. Um, so the cooler with, you know, days worth of food, you know, ice blocks in it and stuff. I think the ice, there's still ice in the cooler. <laughs> um, but that's like, that's one trip, you know, that's like 60 pounds of stuff. And then there's all the tents, sleeping bags, the pots and pans and just you name it, yeah. cook stove, all that kind of stuff, all the food, all the other like dry food that's not in the cooler. So to be able to hang that all up in a tree is kind of unfeasible. So yeah. just dragging the cooler, drag the cooler into the vault toilet, lock the, you know, shut the door and bears can't get in there to my knowledge. So anyway, so that was fun. Um, highlight. Let's see. We rolled out of Tacoma like Bonnie and Clyde. Um, I went to go, I picked up the van. I went to go pick her up. Um, on the way back, we stopped to get, I needed to get ice, and I know of a store that um, has the block ice, right? Yeah. Because you want to have you want to have the block ice if you're going away for days, because the ice cubes just turn into like a bucket of ice water pretty quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? But with the block ice, you can still kind of like set stuff on top of it, even if there's just a pool of ice water underneath it. Your stuff will kind of stay up out of it a little bit better. So I went to this place. And stopped and grabbed like a sponge and stopped and grabbed like a couple six packs of beer and then went to where the ice, where they keep the ice, they they were out of the block ice. So it was just like, ah, why did I even, I didn't even need to come out of my way to come here. So it was just like, whatever. Yeah. So we go to pay. I go to pay, get in line. I like to go to the lines with the checker, not the self check lines, you know? Mm-hmm. So I get in. I get in the line and there's one of these ladies that has a problem with every item that she's been rung up for. And it's going to be like 20 minutes. I, I waited five minutes before just being like, okay, I got to get out of here. <laughs> we backed, we backed out of the line and went to the self checkout thing. Yeah. So I ran everything up and stick in my card, enter all the information. And it's like, you know, I hit pay, you know, like enter all the thing. And I think the transaction should be done. And it's like, insert card to pay. 
or something. And I'm like, I just paid. I'm not going to pay again. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I'm just not going to pay again. So I was like, let's just go, Charlie. <laughs> Oops, sorry. You can sleep there. But uh, I, we just walked out of the store. I was just like, well, I feel like I paid. So that's what I'm going to say. If they stop me. <laughs> then we'll try again. And yeah, but nobody stopped us. So I'm pretty sure I got a couple of free six packs of beer and a sponge out of the deal. Have you checked your uh, bank no, statement I, to see if it actually charged you money? That's, no, I haven't actually done that yet. So it could have, in which case I won't feel bad at all. Yeah. I, I mean, you don't feel too bad either way. This is what, I'm not going to feel bad. This is what we get when my we apologies. have robots do jobs. My apologies to Kroger. Um, if you're listening to this right now, please don't take any um, punitive steps. It was, it was an honest mistake. You don't think they're going to listen to this, do you? Mm, I no. I hope Sprouts listens because I would like them to sponsor the pod. But I don't <laughs> think Kroger listens. So then, after that, we go and uh, drive home, load up all the gear. We're on our way out of town, and uh, as we're as we're leaving town, I go, "Okay, Charlie, here's the next hurdle we might need to pass." She's like, "What is it, Papa?" Well, I didn't realize it at the time, but when I reserved this van, uh, this van is only for in-town use. Like, you're not supposed to leave town with it, Mm -hmm. I told her. So, which is true. And I didn't, when I reserved it uh, weeks ago, I didn't read any mention of, oh, by the way, you can't leave the city limits with this van, right? But I found out later. And so I was just like, well, what am I going to do? Should I, like pay extra for the different truck that has shittier gas mileage and is more than we need and costs more per mile or should I just like play dumb and uh, so I just decided to play dumb there you and, go uh, <laughs> I was telling Charlie I was like so the only problem is if this if this thing has a GPS in it and once it leaves city limits like some alarm starts beeping or it just shuts down or something like that and I told her well if that happens then we'll just It'll just be an extra hassle because we'll just have to switch vehicles or whatever. Um, but guess what? What? Nothing happened, Sydney. Nothing happened. There you we go. We left town just fine. We got all the way out of town, and we were just running away like uh, like we just robbed the bank. Yeah. <laughs> and really, all you did was rob a Kroger. I robbed a Kroger and maybe borrowed a truck for longer than I, you know, <laughs> took it farther than it should have gone. So we stopped and got ice, all that. And the rest of the trip was uneventful. Um, so what do you do with your time uh, in the woods? Are you shooting the shit, building fires? What are you doing? Is your kid looking at an iPad? I, no. In fact, there's no cell signal there. Um, I got, I was able to walk out onto the trail into this one open spot and get like two bars of 3G service. So I could have like texted or something if I needed to. But as far as like, there's no, you know, you're not streaming content out there or anything. And uh, she forgot to bring a book. Oh, <laughs> we didn't realize until we got there. It was just like, yeah, like even a coloring book or something, you know what I mean? So it was a lot of, she would take a lot of trips down to the creek. There's a, Creek called Cold Creek that was just like a little hundred foot walk down the trail, um, little footpath that led down to the creek. 
So she would do that, kind of play in the cold water. Uh, someone had built like a sort of a dam structure in the creek. So they created sort of a wading area that was maybe like a foot and a half, two feet deep. So that was pretty perfect. What, uh, what kind of weather are we talking? It was, the weather was great. It was like 80 degrees pretty much the whole time. Um, you know, at night it dips down below 60, probably in the fifties. So you're, you're a little chilly, uh, in your, in your sleeping bag, but no big deal. Um, other stuff, let's see, there's a, uh, a tunnel nearby. Well, let me get to the tunnel in a minute. Cause I'm still on the first day. <laughs> I did text you from, from the campsite about uh, the fourth trip in, my daughter decided to go with me because, like, she got bored of just sitting at the campsite while I was making return trips, you know, like half hour at a time. Yeah. And she's just sitting there bored and, you know, what, alone. There's nobody around. <laughs> so, uh, so she decided to go with me for the fourth trip. And I proceeded to uh, basically yell at her about how 9-11 was an inside job for a good 20 minutes and she couldn't go anywhere. She was a captain. <laughs> she just had to sit and listen to me yell about how jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams, how even though, uh, you know, there's the Pentagon has to have the most security camera cameras of any building in the, in the, in, the, in America, there's not one single video or photo of a plane hitting it uh i mean i just i went off see I when, went off. So that when was... you texted me that i thought that it was a joke um <laughs> but no you actually were doing that so that's good i was yelling at her <laughs> I, I mean, oh. I swear to God, I it's it's somewhat healthier than I, my parents yelled to me a lot about the end times um, and Y two K. So uh, this seems a little more harmless. Um, it's pretty good natured. It's one it's one of our traditions when we go out there. There's literally nobody nobody around for miles, mm-hmm. and so you can just you can just yell at the moon if you want to. Nice. So it's it's kind of yeah, it's fine. But then, okay, so that was the fourth trip. On the fifth and final trip, she decided not to go with me that time. I don't know why. I wonder. And, um, so I'm on my way back. She's waiting for me on the trail itself um, in front of the campsite area. I round the final bend leading to the campsite, and it's about a quarter-mile straight shot. Um, and right in between us, I didn't know it at the time, but later I found out she was out on the trail also right in between, you know, halfway in between me and the the campsite, I see a grazing animal crossing the path. It had just come down the mountain. Apparently it was headed from the mountainside of the path to the, you know, to the downhill side. There's sort of a little pasture of grass there, but it was, it was, you know, going to go graze in. And I was like, what the, what the hell is that? And I, I kept writing. I should have stopped and took out my phone and tried to snap a picture, but I kept writing. And by the time I was within like 150 yards, it took off. But you could tell that it was not a deer. This sucker was a moose. And I didn't even know there were moose. I didn't even know there was moose in Washington state. 
so this was like, what the hell? It was like seeing an alien. Yeah. And, uh, so it, it booked it back up the mountain and I kept riding and I, when I got up to Charlie, she was, you know, like I mentioned, she was sitting out in the path and I was like, did you see that? She was like, yeah, it was a moose. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right on. Confirm my belief as well. Cause like, at least if we're crazy, we're both the same kind of crazy. Yeah, right? uh-huh. I forget what because it's called it's when just... two people share the same delusion. Um, I recently was reading about that, but, um, it could have been a moose. We don't know. Well, I'm, I mean, there's no, there's nothing else it could have been. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, I talked to the ranger the next day, the, like the, the, the park ranger rolled up collecting, you know, fees from the campsites and stuff. And I, I told him about it. I was like, yeah, we saw a moose yesterday. Have you ever heard of moose in this area? Like, I didn't even know we had moose in Washington. He's like, no, never heard of any moose in this area. Closest, you know, the only place I've heard of moose is like closer to like, I don't know, closer to Idaho, basically. Gotcha. So, so this guy, I don't know where he came from, but he, he must have traveled hundreds of miles just to explore, I guess. I don't know. It was a young one, mm-hmm. no antlers. And it was only, it was probably six feet tall. I would guess it was around, you know, my height ish or something. So pretty, pretty young. They get way bigger than that. Yeah. So, they get crazy big. Yeah. So I was, was scared of them baby. when I was a kid and I would have nightmares about uh moose. Um, and, and uh, my parents would make fun of me for it because we lived in Michigan where there aren't any, but I was very scared of the, the concept of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be scared of one. Yeah. <laughs> I was kinda, when I was passing by the spot where it left the trail to go back up the hill, I was kind of like eyeballing it. Like, is this thing going to come charging out at me? Cause I'm not prepared for that if it does. But luckily, it just wanted to get away, so it's fine. Fine yeah, with me. Thank goodness. And then, then okay, so that's the moose sighting. That was exciting. Mm-hmm. Then later on that night, after the sun went down, we got the glowing. What's the glowing? Is that the aliens that la- that crashed in that lake? No, it's this weird atmospheric thing that causes like white things to like phosphoresce it looks like everything's under a black light so like your little sleeping bag tag your white tag on your sleeping bag pops out like it's under a black light oh. uh, charlie's charlie's little alabaster moon face was just glowing and uh you know everything that's white just like pops yeah and the sky even though the sky was clear there was a few spotty little just kind of fluffy clouds it kind of has this weird glow, like it's an overcast night with a full moon out or something like, or lots of street lights or something like that. Almost like the light is reflecting off of the sky in a weird way. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know the, the scientific explanation for it. I did a little bit of research into it because the same thing happened last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of asked around on Twitter and uh, people sent me links about this effect, like this phenomenon, it, it's a real thing and it goes by different names, like, you know, whatever fairy lights or something. I don't know, but like, it's a real thing, uh, but nobody's sure w- what causes it or anything. It's a weird thing. It's almost like the Northern lights 
in a way where it's just like, what? How do people not so, know what causes shit? I thought we knew everything. We might know what causes Northern Lights. I think, yeah, I, we probably we probably have an idea, but this glowing thing, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that it's hard to test. It's hard to experiment with it because you just have to wait until it happens, and yeah. it didn't happen either of any of the other uh, two nights. Huh. So it happened the first night, the first last year, and then the first night this year. So I mean, who knows? Maybe it's something where your eyeballs coming from sea level up to high elevations. Maybe that causes them to see more phosphorescence. I don't know. We don't know. I don't know, Sydney. We might never know. know. We might never know. In fact, there's probably not enough money to be made finding the answer to um, warrant finding the answer. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's how a lot of science is. Yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, that's how everything is. It's disappointing. I'm not gonna. So, um, I'm not gonna make any statements yeah. about smashing capitalism on this episode. So you can't, no, you can't go to I, the end of those. I, no, I'm. I'm a. I love capitalism. Me too. I love it. Mm-hmm, I love it a so, lot. <laughs> so what's up? Uh, what's up with you, uh, Sydney? There's been some drama in your life as well recently, hasn't there? Oh yeah. Um. Well. Uh, everyone knows at this point that I'm moving in with Zach, which is super exciting. Um, yeah, that's right. We're shacking up. Um, and I painted a room in his house pink so I could have like my room with my shit. Uh, he, he's never lived with anyone before. Like, I mean, obviously his parents and his sister or whatever, but he's never lived with a, a lady friend before. And I didn't want him to feel like... I was like, we were living on top of each other. So I was like, just print out a a month, a month lease and all and rent me a room. So number one, we never argue about money. I'll just pay you rent like you're my landlord. And then I have a room to put all my shit so you don't feel like it's taking over your life. Um, But uh, the week that I started moving in, I totaled my car and... Um, that has been, uh, stressful just because my old place is four miles from my job and Zach is like 20 miles from my job. Uh, and so, uh, thankfully Zach has a, uh, extra vehicle that he was planning on selling. Um, but I've been driving, uh, I tried to, I had four days of rental car coverage, um, and I tried to rent a car and, um, the guy at Enterprise Rent-A-Car got really creepy and inappropriate with me and I left and then was like, okay, well, let me see if I can drive Zach's truck or I can go to a different Enterprise. But like, I was so upset about the experience that I like didn't even want to deal with them anymore. Um, and so anyways... Uh, they declared my car totaled and cut me a check, which was very nice. It was a sizable amount of money. Um, but I use an online bank that has a, a mobile deposit upload limit of $3,000. So I had nowhere to... Oh, de- my God. So I had nowhere to deposit yeah. this check. Like, I'm holding a check uh. for much more than that. And so then I had to go to a, a bank and I had to open a bank account. 
Um, oh my god! And then because I was a new customer, they put a two week hold on that check. Um, and, and so if I hadn't, if I hadn't been living or if Zach didn't have this extra truck for me to drive, I would have had to stay at my old house because it's like an affordable Uber distance to and from work. Um, but mm. thankfully I had this vehicle and then I, I hate moving. And Zach was like, well, you're driving a truck. Your house is on the way home from work like on the way to his house so he's like right, just right. every night when you get off work load up the truck with another load of stuff and that way it's under the cover of darkness and before you know it you'll be moved in um which I'm, i almost am uh i just have to move my bed and clean up my old place or whatever but yeah and so finally uh the check cleared and um I went to look at a car I thought I wanted and uh, I got there and it wasn't what it was supposed to be and like the guy wouldn't budge on the price. So now I'm looking at other cars and it's just, um, it's frustrating all around because I have really high insurance rates. So I'm trying to buy a cheap car, but like a somewhat reliable car. Uh, and then I could buy a car from, I could go to, let's say a used car dealership and look at a bunch of used cars all at once, but they charge so much more at dealerships that I'm trying to buy from an individual. But that means that I'm spending all this time like scheduling to meet up with people. And it's just like a pain in the butt. Um, so I know, I, I know where you can get a 73 Dodge Dart with 70,000 original miles on it. For um, pretty cheap. That's pretty low mileage compared to a lot of what I've been looking at. Um, <laughs> but I think your Dodge Dart is out of my price range. Um, no, no, it's not. Oh no, no. I mean, if you said your check was for more than three thousand, I would I'd give it to you for three thousand. Um, we may we may need to talk because um, <laughs> I'm trying to buy a car for under five thousand dollars is my goal. Yeah, because um. I need to not pay a million dollars on insurance. So, uh, and then I just have to factor in the cost of a plane ticket to uh, Washington State and uh, and drive a Dodge. And then the gas. And, and the gas. Gas, gas. Gas money for a Dodge Dart back. Yeah. Oh, it God. actually gets like 17 miles to the gallon, which isn't that bad. No, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Honda Honda Elements get like 17 miles to the gallon. Yeah, I was driving a Mustang that was around 20. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I might I might have to buy your Dodge Dart um, if uh, or any other listeners. If anyone else who's listening is interested, you know, I mean, obviously Sydney has first dibs, but you know, if she decides to pass and, and go in a different direction, yeah, here, hit me up. It's a cool car. Yeah, plus if you buy Rob's car, you get to meet Rob Love, which is super exciting, um, and also go to Washington State. I can guarantee if I told Zach I wanted to fly to Washington to buy a car, he probably would support me in that just because he really wants to go to Washington. Um <laughs> And you basically mention any trip to him and he's excited because he doesn't have like a job to work around. So he's always like ready to ready to roll. 
Yeah. yeah. So that's nice. Uh, that's good for me. Yeah, that's what's going on in my life is uh, just really mundane stuff, uh, moving and car shopping. Um, nothing too. That's what most. That's what most of life is. Is just boring stuff. I mean, let's face it. Yeah, and then like trying to get fucked up so you forget how stupid your job is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been off. I haven't worked for, let's see, I worked last Wednesday. This is the longest I've been off of work, uh, well, since before last year. Because oh, really? I think we only, yeah, we only took a three day trip last year. So I think I actually worked, well, no, I think I still took four days off that week. So not a full week off, but four days plus of the six days in a row of oh, no working is man. where I am right now. How's it I feel? Forget, I, it feels great feels great i have to go back in tomorrow but you know got to do what you got to do yeah. but it's been fun it's been exhausting all that travel and biking stuff and oh yeah i didn't i forgot i was going to tell you more about the other stuff that yeah. went on in the camp trip so about a half a mile from the parking lot <clears throat> going in the opposite direction from the campsite is this old uh, abandoned train tunnel um that's two miles long, and I don't know how deep in the earth it goes, but there's a big old mountain on top of it, and it is pitch black inside. You can walk or ride bikes through there. There's no lights or anything. It's pitch black. You can sort of, you can see a little dot at the end of the tunnel. That's the light from the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. um, but it's two miles so it, you know, you just go on forever, and it, there's like water dripping in there. And it's freezing cold. It's like 55 degrees in there. So, like, your fingers start to go numb after a while. Like, it's it's cold. <laughs> it's really cold. It's, that's wild. Do you wear, are you wearing, like, um, you got bike lights and such, right? Is that how you're seeing your way yeah, through? You have to, yeah, you have to have headlights on your bike to go through there. <clears throat> or even if you're walking. If you didn't have a flashlight and you try to go through there and then just the pitch black, I don't know what would happen but you I tried one time turning off my headlight while riding my bike through there no and uh, not on this trip, not on this trip but on a different one just to see what would happen uh-huh and imme- immediately you your sense of balance goes away you almost get like this vertigo because you so much of your sense of balance you don't realize that it's based on your vision like mm-hmm. your eyesight it's not just it's not just your inner ear or whatever that's part of it but if you can't see which way is up, boy. Yeah, <laughs> well, because you haven't developed you haven't developed your other senses to compensate like a vision impaired person would. Um, I guess I had I guess this not and this fucking Pilates instructor who I would often close my eyes at Pilates, especially if you're like laying on your back and you see the overhead lights, like. And I would want to use like my other senses to focus on my form. And she would always yell at me and be like, you need to open your eyes. And then she would say, she'd go, we are all apex predators and our vision is very important to our surroundings. And I was like, I don't like I don't know everything, but I don't even know if you're right when you use the term apex predator to describe a human. Um but also, I'm trying to, like, zen the fuck out. Can you please let me shut my eyes? And she was like, no, I'm in my 50s and I dye my hair bright red. You have to listen to me. 
Oh, Mrs. Garrett. Yep. It was a total Mrs. Garrett situation. So did your daughter ride through this tunnel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's she's totally up for um she'll she's she's down for riding a few miles, but like I don't know. There was one so she definitely rode through the tunnel. We did it last year too. And she's not it was scared. Funny last year. No, no, she she's not scared. Um it's it, I I think she was more bothered by the cold the first year. Mm-hmm. So this year we were a little more protected. You know, I made sure she brought a, like a coat, like a winter coat with her and gloves and stuff like that. Because last year we were about halfway through and she was complaining about how cold it was. And she's like, Papa, like, yeah, is there, when we get out out of the tunnel, is there another way back that we can go? (laughs) 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 I just busted out laughing in the middle of the tunnel. It was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. When we got out the other end, I pointed up over the tunnel at the giant mountain that it goes through. I was like, there's your other way, sweetie. <laughs> see you see you in a few hours. <laughs> yeah, here, take a take a cliff bar. You might need it. Yeah. But this year, uh both years we, we stop and have lunch on the other side. This year I bought I brought a uh little travel backgammon set. Ooh. So we actually <clears throat> Yeah, we posted up and uh found a cozy little spot. And played a game of backgammon and had our sandwiches and whatnot. I posted, I should mention, there's a, I posted a thread on Twitter of this whole camping excursion. Probably, what, 8 or 10, 12 photos, something like that. Yeah, so, so everyone can, can start booking their excursions by Rob with you. Or you can just live vicariously through my through my adventure. But if you go back to my timeline from July 31st, um, through, you know, August 4th or whatever, 3rd, 4th, you're, you're going to see that thread. All right. Yeah, everyone check that out. And if you aren't following Rob on Twitter, you should do that. Twitter is like a fun hangout. It's where all the uh, cool kids in the pod community shoot the shit together. It is. It's turning out to be that way, at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got we got all the... We got all the um, all the co-hosts from Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality are all on Twitter. Yeah, and did you see, uh, I don't know because you haven't been back that long, uh, Ben James is starting a new podcast um, called What They Want You to Know, and the introduction episode is up on iTunes, and um, it's a conspiracy theory podcast, which he used to have one um, when he was uh, living in a different state with a co-host, and that fell apart and it looks like he's doing his own thing now which is awesome um so everyone should go and subscribe to what they want you to know uh for all the hot conspiracy theory stuff i think isn't well i saw a tweet earlier today about he's going to be recording about uh disney and what the disney corporation owns like all the different companies that disney owns including like Fox News and a stake in CNN, so they're like yeah. controlling both sides, both sides of the narrative. It's like, oh my god, that's some dark shit. It is some dark <laughs> shit. We live in a weird, dark world. Um, yeah. And sometimes you're like, with conspiracy theories, you're like, is this really what's happening? Like, but but it's generally, I in my opinion, like not motivated by like this grand conspiracy theme. It's just like you know, rich people 
money grubbing and um it's not as like complexly orchestrated as some people think it is um like hey if we people love these shock news stuff let's let's do both sides of the aisle make all the money like okay um so i don't know but i'm excited about uh that episode um and then sad baby back is on twitter as always and um i don't know we've been talking about doing a listener meetup and um initially i was like yeah vegas would be great but it's actually not close to anyone and vegas sucks so um we're we're thinking maybe (laughs) um santa fe uh because it's kind of like a halfway point between where i live and sad baby beck lives so i don't know we're gonna plan this out though it's gonna be dope um and other people can come hang out with us yeah for sure yeah vegas would be it's in it's a nice hub so mm-hmm. if you're coming from like a different region that's convenient to get to, I guess Santa Fe might have an airport or something. Who knows? Uh, they do. It sucks. But um, for for driving, at least for me and um, Sad Baby back, it's kind of a halfway point. Um, but Santa Fe, yeah. it does. It does have an airport. It's one of those little ones where they let you out on the tarmac. You just walk down the stairs. Um, yeah. But yes, I don't know. We'll see. And, you know, depending on the time of the year, I, we could also, uh, do maybe a camping trip. There's a lot of really great camping, uh, places in the four corner States. So, um, we're going to plan it out. It's going to be great. Um, Oh yeah. 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 I need to go camping soon anyways, cause it's been too long. So for sure, and there's nothing like taking you know, psilocybin out while you're camping. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Build no. a fire. That's uh, that's like my favorite thing to do. Um, <laughs> I finally just replaced the sneakers that I melted in a fire a year and a half ago because I was on mushrooms and it was very cold and I put my shoes too close to the fire. I mean, they still were functional shoes. I still wore them to the gym for like another year and a half. Um, but they, they weren't as good as they were before the camping trip. Um, also anytime is a good time to take psilocybin. Um, so as someone who's, uh, you know, has a, a chronic, Lack of dopamine, uh, you know. There's never a bad time to take mushrooms. Um, there's bad places. Yeah, at work. Yeah, there's at bad places not, to not take the them. Greatest. Yeah, um, and there are bad times. Like you know, you know, have the next day off. Do some. In- That's important. Take some yeah. time to do some yeah. integration. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Everyone should take mushrooms in the woods. That's my big advice uh, from this podcast. And uh, don't don't drive your car into other cars. Um, yeah. yeah. The worst part was, like, I wasn't... Obviously, I was sober, and I wasn't fucking with my phone. Like, I was driving below the speed limit with my hands on 10 and 2. Like, I was being the most responsible driver. Um and then I still totaled my car. Uh, so what are you going to do? I, what you're going to do is not fucking the, another driver just came to a dead stop in traffic. Like we have these weird lanes in Phoenix that they go one way one time a day and the other time a day they go another lane. It's the decrease congestion going in and out of downtown. Um, yeah. And people. Express lane. Yeah. And people don't know what to do with them. And so this lady just 
came to a dead stop, like four cars ahead of me. And everyone slammed mm. on their brakes, and um, I got to be the lucky one who skidded into the car in front of me, which then hit the car in front of him. Um, uh. And because it's a rear-end accident, I am at fault, because uh, I, w- I failed to have control of my vehicle or whatever. But uh, reason number 387 that I'm, I am officially a suburban bitch, and I'm so over city life. Uh, so... Uh. Yeah. Well, this too shall pass. It will. It will. This this gas shall pass. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, if I lived in any other city, really, I would just like not buy a car <laughs> and just be like, I'm done. I'm done driving for a while. Uh, I just happen to now live too far from my work for that to be an option. So um, I'm going to keep being one of those uh, car people. Yeah, I mean, that's what our, basically the entire country was built, the whole transportation system was built around the the private automobile, the primacy of the private automobile, and Mm -hmm. we're not going to get away from that anytime soon, because the the whole system is built around it. You have to, like, start building, you know, rebuilding the, you know, light rail system that we used to have back in the 40s, and, you know, even before then, all the trolleys and different stuff like that, that, you know, entire cities have like ripped out the entire rail system that they used to have. And now they're starting to slowly build new ones back in the same spot because they realize how efficient they move people. And and there's just not enough room for cars. Yeah. We have a pretty decent light rail system here in Phoenix. Um, Like a lot of uh, people I know who work at, any of the university locations, they just take the light rail to work. Um, or I know some friends who do a park and ride situation where they go to a, they, their job gives them extra money a month if they park and then they drive to the rail and they park and take the rail into work. Um, my job isn't directly off the rail, but the problem for me about the light rail is it's just become where all the homeless people live. So like Mm -hmm. you, Eighty percent of the people at a light rail stop are homeless. Twenty percent are trying to get somewhere, and then when you ride it, like for me as a woman, it's just being hit on, um, being harassed every fucking time. Like every fucking time I take the train, um, it's just like either like there's a million open seats and you have to sit next to me with your fucking body odor and then start chatting me up. And first of all, if someone's wearing headphones, that's the international sign for don't fucking talk to me. And um, it does not stop dudes from talking to ladies on public transit. I will tell you that much. And I like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want you to flirt with me. I don't want to fucking smell you. I certainly don't want to buy your mixtape. Um, and so <laughs> the, a lot of the businesses located along parts of the light rail path have gone out of business because either they, their business slumped during light rail construction because no one could get to them, but also real estate rates along the light rail paths skyrocketed so small businesses can no longer afford their rents. So there's all these empty storefronts along the light rail path where homeless people basically live. Like they pack up in the daytime, but if you're out before, let's say, 9 a.m., it's just like tent cities and parking lots. And so uh, I'm... For whatever reason, I'm too bougie to want to, like, ride a train with a bunch of homeless people and 
you know, perv, perverts, uh, which is, you know, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm too uppity, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a bummer. That's definitely, do they have like transit security or anything? Transit police? Is there a guy in, in uniform? Um, on those trains? Not on the trains and not even at every station. Um, they have wow. ramped it up. The first couple of years, you really didn't need to pay to ride the train because they didn't have enough employees to check tickets. Um, they they did like a estimate of how much money they were losing because everyone knew like you don't buy a ticket for the light rail. There's no staff there. Like they tried to make it basically automated, but... Um, uh, now they've they have some more security officers just to help enforce payment. Um, and then I do see a lot of times there's like um, police arresting people at the stops, uh, especially in the summer because when you're homeless in this heat, like you're gonna fucking lose your mind. Um, that's just what's happening. So there's a lot of that. Go For on. sure. Yeah. yeah. Our light rail, it doesn't, first of all, it's only a couple miles, maybe three miles long or so. It's not very long, mm-hmm. um, but it's free. Like they just decided they were going to build it and never charge like fares for it. But it's just basically, it just goes up and back every 10 minutes, up and back, up and back. Yeah. And there are some, definitely some homeless folks that, um, you know, just want a place to get out of the rain or something like that. But um, there are transit security that um, there's usually a guy on that train at all times, a guy or a woman, and they've, you know, they're, you know, transit cops, they're transit police, you yeah. know, they can, they could probably arrest you or whatever. So uh, things like that, um, like you don't have homeless people just camping out in it like all day or anything like that. But then also like, I don't know if you're a woman and you feel uncomfortable, you can just go like stand within a few feet of that guy yeah. and probably feel a lot safer. So it's unfortunate that they can't afford to pay for staff other than just to collect fares. Like they're too busy collecting fares to like actually make the place safe. Like, yeah. Or to make it yeah more hospitable because it does go, it connects like several of the suburbs and it goes straight through central Phoenix. So it's really great for people who are commuting to the business center of downtown. Right. But, um, and I do know several people who take it, but most of the people I know who are avid light rail takers are men. Um, cause yeah. they, they have less of the, the problem with it um yeah i don't know i have a friend her mom is schizophrenic and homeless and her mom lives on the light rail because there's air conditioning so she just yeah yeah she just lives totally. on, she just lives see. on the light rail that's so weird i know but it, i can totally see it i mean it's, it's the same thing with like buses they're air conditioned and there's like you know you can get an all-day pass for five bucks here and just go sit on a bus all day. You know, if it's raining out, you're dry. If it's hot out, you're cool. You know? Yeah, I, I don't just, know. I don't know. Listen, I don't know anything about, like, city government and infrastructure. But, like, there is no fucking reason in a city where it is routinely over 120 degrees that we don't have, like, emergency air-conditioned sheltered tents that people can go to during the day. Um, there's, like, no reason why that isn't a thing. Because, like... 
if you are here in 120 degrees, if you cannot afford to pay your electric bill or you are homeless, like that is a disaster. There should be, I don't know, FEMA tents set up for you. Like it's just insane to me that all all the police will do is shake you to make sure you're not dead on the sidewalk and then make sure you're mobile and walking away and then you can just pass out somewhere else. Um, it's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, they, they, they set up... Um when it gets hot here and I know it's, it's a different, it's different when it gets like above 90, you know, like 95 is like miserable hot here. Cause it's usually humid as well. Yeah. So it's not, a, not a dry heat. So we, we really start suffering at like 95. Um, but they'll, they'll set up and you know, they'll show it on the news or whatever. And, um, they'll set up like, um, cooling centers, you know, at different places, whether it's churches or maybe like a supermarket says, hey, come in. But libraries, I think, are mm-hmm. one of them. You know, another place where homeless people always hang out. But they do, they do, you know, kind of try and get that word out around here. I'm surprised that's not a bigger deal in Phoenix where, but I guess maybe it's just because, like, you know, you're in Phoenix, bitch. Like, it gets hot here, so deal with it. So deal with <laughs> I it. Know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Our homeless problem is pretty bad right now. Um, and uh, I sometimes I'm just impressed. I'm like, how are you not fucking dead? Because like I walked from like my my house to my car, and I'm about ready to pass out. I don't know how the fuck you are not dead. Um, I guess it's the will to live. Yeah, it's nuts. The mm-hmm. sun is is very oppressive, and yeah. I mean, working outside, I. Ugh. Sometimes I just dread when it's going to be 80 degrees or more out. I'm just like, oh, God, not again. Because then what do you do when you get home? Because you've just been out in the heat all day. Is it just like you like shower and then you collapse? Yeah. And it, I mean, it fries your brain. Like you're definitely just like, duh, after mm-hmm. all day, you know, after, after being out in the sun all day. So yeah, take a shower. Um, luckily for me, I just acquired an air conditioning unit. Oh, that's so, right. I heard about it in your stand-up routine. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of that routine? By the way, I'm. I think I might just have to give up comedy. Um, I think you should just stop trying to make jokes and just talk. <laughs> that's what every other comic is doing right now. Uh, I hate that. But then again, I also hate telling the same jokes over and over again, like to hone them or whatever, you know, like, uh, it's just so boring to me, yeah. like telling the same joke, even if I like, I'll tell the same joke two or three times and then it's like, okay, well I know that works. And then I'll just like not want to tell it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just boring. Yeah, I was like, so I don't, I don't want to blow up your spot, but like you acquired an air conditioning unit because you had to put your mom in a home. And, um, I was like, why isn't he leaning more into the dark comedy, which is that phase of life where you are, you know, have to put your parents in a home. Uh, there's gotta be hilarity in there. Yeah, I think, but it's tragedy plus time equals comedy. Uh... I think when you're, when you're that close to it. Like, even any attempt to make light of it, I think, will fall short just because you're not separated enough to, like, actually see where the comedy could come from. But, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. 
I yeah. tried. You heard me try. I, I, I took a couple pokes. Yeah, it was. I mean, it but... was a solid set. <laughs> Thanks. And you got an air conditioning unit, so. And I got an air conditioning unit, and I got a crappy joke that I can tell on stage about my air conditioning Which unit. is perfect. Yeah, I mean. So, but that is, it, it's, um, just having the AC unit is a total game changer, yeah. you know. I mean, my apartment, luckily, it's on the downstairs, um, so it stays cooler. It's not like the upstairs where it must just be blazing up there, but um, uh, it's still gets uncomfortably warm when mm-hmm. it gets above 80 degrees outside. Um, so this air conditioning unit has changed my life. Is it a window unit? Mm-hmm. And where did you put yeah, it? Living a, room or bedroom? Um, well, the bedroom, both the bedrooms are on the north side of the house. Um, and there's also like another tall apartment building, like, like five feet away. Mm-hmm. So that guy, that side stays really cool. The bedrooms stay pretty cool. Um, and also they don't have good windows to put it in. Like it's the bottom level. Someone could just walk up, push the, you know, pull the yeah. AC unit out and just crawl in the window. So I have one window. It's my kitchen window where it's like, you kind of need a ladder to get up to it. Mm-hmm. And also it's not impeding any walkways or whatever. So it's in my kitchen window and it, I have the coolest kitchen in town. It's great. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is exciting. So that's what I do when I've been working outside in the sun all day to, to finish that point up. But um, other than that, yeah, I just stay in the shade. Like there's no going outside recreationally yeah. after you've been outside all day <laughs> for work. God, well, yeah, that's, like, no. that's the stir craziness that happens like every summer. Um Cause I'm, I like to be busy and active and I um, like to do outdoor activities and there's just no doing that for like four, sometimes five months out of the year here. And, uh, I, it's just, it's just stir crazy and depressing and oppressive. And, uh, I'm always like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I here? Um, but then, you yeah, know, I can't even imagine. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say winter rolls around and you're like, I guess this is fine. What what is winter like in Phoenix? How like how warm does it get on the average day in February? Does it hit sixty? Yeah, well, one February I got heat stroke at the Renaissance Festival, and that was a bad February. Um, oh God! But yeah, usually it's like sixty, seventy. Um, oh my God, that's even too warm for me. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so it's not like you ever are, like, cold here, ever. Um, uh, well, one day. I would much rather be I would much rather be too cold than too warm, because you can always warm up. You can't cool down. No. You know what I mean? Um, no. Like, just, you, can move, you can move around and generate body heat to stay warm in the cold, but goddamn. Ugh, if you have to be, if you're forced to be outside and it's hot, Oh, that's just so miserable. Like flaggers in Phoenix. I can't even imagine having that as a job. Yeah. Like well, you have to get refriger- refrigerated underpants or something like that, you know? Yeah. They all look like they're ready to die. And like for me as a super pale complected person, 
Um, even just like walking from a building to my car, it's too much sun. I wear SPF 70 every day, but I still get sunsick. And then I had on my destroyed car, I had very expensive, like 3M UVA, UVB filtering coating applied to the windows. Um, but even then it was too much sun. And then I get to my job where our AC can't keep up. And the past couple of weeks, it's routinely been 90 degrees inside of the bar. And so um, we're super high volume. Oh. So I'm running around in 90 degrees getting, you know, liquor spilt on my it's just it's just it's fucking disgusting um and uh it's not my favorite it's not how i want to be living my life um so you know support the pod buy some stickers you know <laughs> i have oh, magnets I now it. buy a magnet uh, dude, oh that would have been sweet see you sent me a little um little merch uh pouch yeah and uh i was camping and i was like damn it why didn't i bring the sdas sticker because i could have stuck it like in the middle of that tunnel like there's lots of places i could have put it but a magnet would have been cool too because they have all these like there's all these like little in the middle of that tunnel there's Mm -hmm. all these like old from the 20s like electric transformers or something that used to carry the power through the tunnel but now they're just you know husks just these like metallic husks that are kind of odd to look at but slap a magnet on that that boy probably stay there for the next hundred years that's probably true um i love um i'm obsessed i don't know if i've talked about it on the podcast i'm obsessed with these uh videos uh mostly by bright sun films on youtube but they explore abandoned structures and so i'm i love that Oh, it's, and they'll explain like the economy of a city and like what was happening at the time the building was built and how it like was received in the community and then what happened economically that it was abandoned and then someone breaks in and like does a tour of the building and I'm just obsessed with these like structures in America that are under decay um, such as like no longer used tunnels and electric transformers Um or like uh, the book I read about Mississippi, like they were talking about old farmhouses that basically were like half swallowed up by the earth. Um, I'm reading another book right now about Virginia that's very similar. Uh, and it's about a serial arsonist uh, who uh, targeted abandoned buildings because basically the city was decaying and he would burn down these buildings. I don't know. But yeah, I'm obsessed with abandoned uh, buildings and commercial structures. Um because I think people who live in big cities don't think about, like, the untouched parts of America. It's such a big country, and so there's these things that are being reclaimed by the earth. Yeah. Um, a few years back, it was probably, like, eight years back, there was that, um, there was, like, a documentary. I forget if it, what channel it aired on, but it was, like, After Man. There was, like... One of these things where, oh, okay, let's, yeah. just assume, uh-huh. let's just assume every every person, every human on the planet dies tomorrow. Let's just assume that. What would happen to all of our infrastructure, our houses, roads, tunnels, all this stuff? Yeah. And that was the best theories. I love that so much. It was so cool. Um, I'm going to have to look that up and, and watch that because I, I didn't watch that when it came out, but I probably would love that oh, now. You, 
You would love it. I can't remember the name of it. It's like Life After People or The World After Life After People. Probably Life After People. Yeah. Something like something like that. Well, we'll it was super cool. Yeah. We'll get to the bottom of it and then talk about it on a pup dates. That's a good idea. And then um, should I give a little teaser for the episode we're going to record in a couple of weeks? Or should well, we just... I mean, I like to keep people on their toes, uh, but it is in the true crime uh, area, so that is exciting. It is in the true crime area. It's a Northwest story, specific Northwest-specific story, so my local... In fact, it's from Tacoma itself. Oh. Because the, the, subject, the subject of the, um, the topic... Uh, lived here in Tacoma. Okay. Yeah. And had a, oh, had a cooking shop just a few blocks from where I live, right across the street, or right next door to my bank, in fact, is where his old, his old cooking shop was. So, there it is. There's your teaser, folks. And we got a real slime ball for you in a couple of weeks. I can't wait. I need to do some reading about him um, because I haven't done that yet. There's just so many fucking dirt bags that I'm supposed to read about for this pod. And um, I'm I'm lagging behind, but I have to still record uh, the episode that's going up this week. So, Um, anyways. You've been so busy with the podcast. I've been loving it. I've been loving the podcast lately. I Thank have to you. say that. Uh, that's yeah. That's all a credit to the listeners, come co-hosts who have been doing all the research and stuff for me, which has been great. Because honestly, this month has been so stressful. I I don't know how I would have been able to do anything like research heavy because I'm doing research for an episode right now, and I'm just like, oh shit, no, okay, I was gonna finish my notes, but now I got to go look at a car. Or, like, oh shit, I just got. I called into work on my day off or whatever like and so the listeners have been uh, saving my hide so to speak yeah it really takes a load off when someone else does all the the heavy lifting like that <laughs> yeah I, so I appreciate I appreciate you and I appreciate everyone else who is helping me keep this pot alive consistent content for the people oh shit I think I just hung up on Rob Hold on, we're going to call Rob again just to say bye. Hello. Hey, I accidentally hung up on you. Okay, I'm glad it wasn't me. <laughs> no, it wasn't you. Um, I accidentally hit the screen of my phone and uh, it hung up. Um, and then I was like, I better call back so that it's not... Uh, that's not how I say goodbye to guests is I just hang up on them. (laughs) (laughs) Your services are no longer needed. Goodbye. And this is the top level of quality of service and uh, treatment you get when you're a guest Mm -hmm. on the SDAF podcast. Yeah, you get get just hung up, used and abused for content and then tossed aside. (laughs) Yeah. Sydney throws five dollars at you and tells you to get hit the kick rocks. Yep, that's what I do. <laughs> that is what I do. Um, but yeah, I guess we're done, and then everyone can be excited to hear you back on the pod in another. I think the way it's going to line up is it'll be a week from now that they'll hear 
your uh, episode about this kitchen monster. Oh, okay. It's going to be a week after this pup date. Yeah, because this will be Monday, and then there'll be something else, and then you'll be the following Wednesday. Okay, well, now people know. Now people know (laughs) to tune in. Well, I think this was a good one. There wasn't any dog-related. I pet a three-legged dog today when I was on my way to get soup. Oh, you did? Okay, there we go. Okay, we it all comes back around. Excellent. Um, my dog <laughs> and I have this new um, ritual where I eat my unsweetened coconut yogurt, and then I let him lick the container when I'm do- when I'm done with it, and it gets in his yeah. ha- it gets like in his hair, and so we now call him Frank Fieri because it looks like he has frosted tips. Um, <laughs> but that's it's just fun games that Frank and I have. It's fun food games. We love our yogurt time. If you could get little tiny sunglasses and put them on the back of his head and take a photo of it, that would be great. I'll see what I can do. I might be able to make that happen. (laughs) Um, Well, happy Monday, everyone. Yeah, happy Monday, everybody. Bye.